Hey, 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 welcome to your weekly Corner Spady. It is uh, a fun episode where we're going to talk about fun things because the news mm. is upsetting and I don't like looking at it at the moment. Not that we're not going to talk about the news, but that's going to come when everyone's back when in town. When we're ready, emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You're going to talk about Ursula von der Leyen. <laughs> yeah, in her, in her um, you know, um, uh, a tirade against the wolves. God, yeah. No, okay, no, you have to explain it. The gray wolves or the regular wolves? The regular wolves. No, oh. she's, no, she's a German politician. You can't go against the gray wolves. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Literally, like, one of the largest, yeah, one of the largest, like, organized institutions in Germany. You can't do it. Um, are you the, aware the of Earth? gang. Yeah. <laughs> gang, gang, gang. Um, are you aware of, 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 of Ursula von der Leyen's uh, obsession with wolves and how she hates them? No. All right. So um, this they've ruined been... Kurdistan. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, That's both regular wolves and great wolves. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ursula von der Leyen, uh, as, as our listeners, our, our regular listeners are very much aware of, uh, uh, has uh, taken on a a one woman fight against the wolf, which is protected. Mm. Uh, you cannot go, uh, you know, killing reintroducing them. Yeah. yeah, reintroducing yeah, I was them back. Say, into... They're still wolves in Germany. Uh, they're 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 coming back. You know, yeah. um, and, thus they, and thus because of that are protected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This. Okay. So they're, they're thinking about doing this in Scotland too, and I feel like reintroducing wolves is a bad idea because it, it's all fun and games until they like eat a kid, which I feel like is inevitably going to happen, and then there'll be like a huge political backlash. There'll be like vigilante wolf killers. Well, you know, you mentioned this. Okay. Um, uh, Ursula von der Leyen's child, nearest and dearest to her heart, her pony of thirty yeah. years. I forget the pony's name was killed by a wolf. Mm. And <laughs> the, the pony has one of those like 18 syllable German names, which means unkillable by wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and the wolf saw that as a challenge. <laughs> um, and so when this happened, Ursula von der Leyen then has been using pretty much everything in her power to remove the protected status of wolves um, so that then she can get revenge okay. for the. Yeah. She wants uh, to go Rambo mode on the wolves of Germany, yes, yeah. more or less. There was a there was a there was a period there where it was okay to kill the wolf, and then the time lapsed, and the wolf was still alive, and she was pissed off. Like because it's a protected wolf, it's tagged. We have the serial number for it, and everything It was like LM five hundred or something like that. Yeah, mm. it's still going strong. Uh, in this what yeah, Europe's dumb version of the emu wars yeah justice for tk421 yeah. she's like she's like watching tracking the wolf on like a big radar screen on her wall <laughs> on her wall and just like sharpening a big knife and just no, being I, like one day i like imagining it's more those like it, because it's europe it's just kind of like more of a kind of like post-war 50s thing where it's not even a screen but there's like a large whiteboard with like a wolf piece on it that's being moved by a bunch of guys on phones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can also imagine very clearly in germany a situation where you would get like attacked by a wolf and almost die but manage to kill the wolf in the process and then you get arrested for killing a wolf <laughs> yeah it's like germany's like fine with the uh with with wasps if you kill a wasp and anyone finds out, it's like, mm. I think, a 5,000 euro fine. Yeah. I mean, Germany is a nation of wasps. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why my great great granddad left. Um, mm. for the and now you're back to <laughs> settle <laughs> old scores. <laughs> That's right. You're Catholic now, yeah. Berlin. Kieran, mm. Kieran tagging, uh, ta- tagging along with Ursula von der Leyen to, you know, decimate the weak. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the, the Protestant German is my wolf. Um, 
No. All right. So, as you can probably hear from the voice, we are joined by the lovely Milo Edwards of Trash Hello. Future and other a lot of other podcasts. I was what yeah. I'm learning while you're here in Berlin. Well, yeah, I, I do Wolfcast. <laughs> I give live updates on the location of this wolf. We've got yeah, one yeah, very yeah. dedicated listener. Yeah, I also host Terminally Vonderline, where uh, <laughs> we it is talk such about good. I also love Vonderline posting. The, the thing that's even so funnier about that when you said it is that then are you like like sorry to ask about all your personal knowledge of Ursula von der Leyen, but yeah. are you aware of her? Like, uh, um, in Germany, the big the, her first scandal that she was known for is that she like um, to piss off a country that then loves like Datenschutz, so like personal mm-hmm. uh, data protection stuff. Right. Ursula von der Leyen had like one of her big things when she was, I believe, the family minister was yeah. to, like introduce a bunch of um, like censorship sort of stuff uh, for the internet and whatnot, which Germany did right, not okay. like. And mm-hmm. then is uh, one of her first scandals that then kind of ends up going. It's uh, a thing in uh, the UK now. You have to like, you have to write a letter to your internet service provider if you want access to the porn, which is very funny. <laughs> it's like they brought in this law where it's like turned off by default and you have to write the humiliating letter. Like, can you please turn the yeah. porn on in my house? <laughs> <laughs> Dear Vodafone, I wish to jack it. Yeah. So not even, right. it's not so much the fact that it was like a scandal just something that then it's the first thing that Ursula von der Leyen did of a policy that, that it was incredibly unpopular to where mm. that she has all these nicknames in German that are all like internet related. Oh, in okay. some regard. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the one that sticks though is the nickname for her name, which is just Ushi. Yeah. Yeah. Ushi. Ushi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of gross sounding. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Some news up top before we get to the main topic, which will be fun. Uh, the main topic is going to be, because Milo is here as a connoisseur of all things British, we're going to oh, talk yeah. about fucked up TV, uh, mm. which is... I went to a list that was geographically neutral. A lot of it is just British. (laughs) (laughs) We have really, like, British TV industry has punched above its weight over the years in terms of producing memorable content in both directions. Yeah. Especially the 90s where a lot of cocaine was being done by British (laughs) TV producers. I I mean, even in the sense of, like, um, all right, you uh, uh the every listener knows of course you know Kieran loves the hotel uh euro news uh, oh, uh yeah, yeah. feed the experience that, the hotel television experience. yeah, yeah. hotel yeah. television mm-hmm. is something that then i've i've also become a connoisseur of as so well good. since i've known Kieran. and germany's a very funny one because in the sense of mm-hmm. it's just like a bunch of like world war 2 documentaries okay. and then like you know some like very like lazy uh, uh um you know, World War II documentary in Germany is very. Oh, I feel it, like it goes one of two ways <laughs> in terms of tone. It's always Legally like it can only go one way. Yeah, it's <laughs> right, always. Okay. Yeah, it's always like it is. It's 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 very funny because you. It, it's not so much the sense of like that. It's like the British version of it because they like there's there is a similarity there when I was in like the a hotel in the UK where half of the TV was a World War II documentary, but obviously mm. like. We did it, lads. Yeah. Um, we bloody did it. Yeah. <laughs> we gave Jerry what for. <laughs> and in Germany, it's like it's like one part that, but it's like it's never. It's like very rarely. Like I mean, it'll be the German one made by like CDF or something like that or yeah. whatever, or like a History Channel documentary that's like been translated into German. But um, the other bit of German TV is is t- TV shows that you would never want to watch. Italian World War II documentary. <laughs> it's like, we lost, but we did it very sexy. <laughs> and we, do, we look great in the uniform. Like, while the German other type of TV show that exists is, like, a bit silly, it's like, a, it always is, like, a cheaper version of something else that exists out there. Mm, you know, like, right, a, yeah. uh, um, my, one of my favorite ones is, like, Shopping Queen, where you go and, like, you know, these, these women go and, like, you know, buy clothes and compete for whatever with, like, 500 euros. And it's, like, right, each okay. week. 
Yeah. Or like you have these like German TV is like very like like the standards are super low. Just be like, oh, like this guy goes around and like helps people like sell their stuff. You know, this is like midday, but midday German television. The UK, when I was there, completely flabbergasted of just like what, like in other, like, like it's not quite the US because there's like weirdly like an obsession with game shows that I never fucking understood that the UK had. Like, this is the most. We've got like weird game shows. Have you ever seen Tipping Point? That was the one that I was like trying to sit there the entire time wondering how does this game work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, well, it's like the, um, it, so in the UK at Seaside Resorts, because we love indoctrinating people into gambling at a young age, they have all these <laughs> machines where you can put like one or two P pieces into them and then it falls onto like a moving shelf and oh, it yeah. shoves yeah, other yeah, pennies yeah. off the shelf before it eventually. And Tipping Point is like a version of that, but where you have to answer quiz questions in order to get like big plastic tokens dispensed into like a massive like penny shoving machine sure and then the idea is both to answer the questions but also correctly choose which shoot to drop the big penny down into and the people on it are like unfathomably stupid (laughs) it's people getting questions wrong like who is the current prime minister like like that level of just like yeah it's great stuff yeah but i mean so just in the sense of that that is really my only relation to watching television in the uk i mean of course there is a sense that then there are the shows that then are you Mm. know popular yeah. internationally but i am so excited to see what fucked up shit is you Excellent. know uh, behind whatever the opposite of the iron curtain would be going that way <laughs> the, the neck curtain yeah. <laughs> the great walls of dover um mm. so all right but first up top we have some news which is two pieces of italian news italian news number one mm-hmm. maloney is now single uh, <laughs> oh! Why'd you point at me when you said this? You think well, I'm gonna go sweep her off her feet? You could, you could fix her. <laughs> uh, this is after she had that weird photo shoot with uh, Rishi Sunak, where they were like sat on a park bench, like almost holding hands. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like their me cues or whatever. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they were like agreeing to be more racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was like, well, that man is Indian, which I don't like, but he is racist. So <laughs> I, I do like that. <laughs> it was the classic misdirect. You know, you th- you're watching British Jones Diary thinking it's going to be Hugh Grant, but he turns out not to be good enough for her. Oh, mm. it's, yeah, it's Colin Firth. Yeah, it's the misdirect. Anyway, uh, she's single now because she has discovered from some leaked audio tapes that her partner was sexually assaulting various women he worked with. Um, oh, 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 as it's called was... in Italy, a going to work. <laughs> yeah, she just discovered her partner was Italian. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked <laughs> after 10 years. Mm. Uh, other piece of Italian news is um, the various heirs of Berlusconi's art collection cannot sell any of the art. Uh, no one wants it. It's been deemed worthless. What? Why? Is it all like hentai? Like what? <laughs> yeah, like what is it? Okay, so you're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> they got into the world's only start collection. Yeah. Georgia Maloney's ex-husband is said to be interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's Italian hentai. It's lentai. It's L apostrophe mm. N. Uh, um, yeah. No. It, it. Like the only picture we have is this one from the BBC of him like just pointing at a woman's ass. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that does. I mean, I, it, to be honest, when you say a picture of, uh, of Sylvia Berlusconi pointing at a woman's ass, you're you're not expecting it to be a painted woman. A <laughs> painting of a woman's ass, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking we could spend the Patreon money in the worst way possible if you wanted. 
um, just buy a bunch of Berlusconi paintings. Yeah. You just got to make sure none of it's illegal in Germany, which I would imagine <laughs> is not out of the question for Silvio Berlusconi's art collection. Yeah. This is a naked woman who definitely, definitely loved Ber- uh, yeah, um, Mussolini. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the Italians would be the country to have like some kind of artistic exception for like child pornography if it's really good, <laughs> or it would be, or really like really supports the state. <laughs> yeah. Um. The next one that we have, because I just have to mention this, because when it happened, every news alert, every like newsletter I am attached to, plus several friends sent the story to me, um, which is, so MEPs in the European Parliament, they have two parliaments. There's the one in Brussels and the one that's more actually commonly used, which is the one in Strasbourg. Um, Mm -hmm. There are special trains that basically bring them from Brussels to Strasbourg, so they get Mm -hmm. as long as all their staff. Due to a signaling error, though, instead of going to Strasbourg, they all ended up at Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I have a question. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who even are you? I'm in my I'm in my b- big Ursula von der Leyen costume that's got like a five foot diameter foam head. <laughs> she's chasing a wolf, a cartoon wolf around. It's great for, yeah, for yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, she's attacking the beast from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my nephew just wants to meet Ursula von der Leyen, but there's a cue. <laughs> But of course, it's French or Ursula von der Leyen, so we have to call her something else, like mm, Ursula yeah. Au, Au von D or something. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, the only, like, it's a pretty bare bones story. Ursula <laughs> Surlin. <laughs> it's a pretty bare bones story. There's not much here other than one piece of information that I found very enjoyable, which is a handful of them didn't realize it had happened. <laughs> just, oh, this is, just seems about the same. The average quotient of like freaks and lunatics is about the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like some Bulgarian man is be like all French places look the same to me. <laughs> like seeing a guy talking to a man in a Mickey Mouse costume. Like, yeah, it's probably from like Montenegro or something. I don't know. It's a, it's important that I talk to the locals. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, and then last little piece of news that I have up up top, which is um a man in uh, Warsaw, poses a mannequin in a shopping center, waited until it closed, stole jewelry, clothes, uh, and then also stopped to eat at a restaurant in the in the closed shopping mall. Oh, yeah, I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> the stopping to eat in the restaurant is really what I think takes it over the edge for me. Well, well that's also, I don't understand this because it was like after hours and that was the whole point. So did he like make himself dinner and that he like broke into McDonald's and like operated the machines himself? I think it's just more of the uncomfortable reality of certain restaurants where the food is just kind of ready to begin mm. with and you're just gonna have to like warm it up or whatever yeah this yeah. guy's kind of like in a borrower's situation <laughs> but in poland the thing is though like because i've worked in like shopping malls and stuff like supermarkets before um is i think there's this conception that once you know it closes like whatever that is like 8 p.m or something you're free to run around it's like no you've got another hour waiting for the staff to clear out mm. so he was pretending to be a mannequin for a long time yeah fuck yeah well, I mean, props to this guy. Yeah, not all, her- not all uh, heroes wear capes, mm. etc. Yeah, there's going to be a Bulgarian man at Euro Disney doing the same thing. <laughs> well, that's easy. You just have to come in the costume of just like, you can be dressed as like Hamas Mickey Mouse that they have. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the more uh, controversial franchising agreements they did. <laughs> all right. So, fucked tv shows Mm. um so this was something that i just thought was going to be a fun little cultural exchange a handful of these are 
um, American as well for a Nick. Oh, thank you. I um, need to. I'm finally going to gonna talk fed. about To Catch a Predator. <laughs> <laughs> that actually wasn't on the list, but like, yeah, that's like a problem. Yeah. Um, so, although there was a little bit of TV news that I encountered on the way, which is a guy called um, Steph Anthony Coburn, um, British guy. He is the son and heir of the like first Doctor Who writer. Right. Thus owns the rights to like the first stories, the Doctor Who, like the first couple of episodes. Like, the very first ones. Right. Um, and there's this, been this controversy of, like, the BBC having to admit it's not on the iPlayer. You can't watch those very first episodes. And then people started digging into why. And it's because this guy is insane. Um, and now, since it's rumored that the next Doctor is going to be black, he's just like, no, you cannot watch my father's episodes because this alien would never be black. Um, and that's a problem. He's now threatening that uh, to put in his will that these episodes of Doctor Who will then be bequeathed to the Russian state. Um, <laughs> we are going to make real Slavic Doctor Who. Doctor Kto? <laughs> he will never be black. <laughs> like he's just a Doctor Who, but he's just like constantly eating like dried fish. He's like, I sure believe yeah, and then the, like then fifty years later, the same thing happens because the new um, you know, Russian Doctor Who's going to be Kazakh, and they're just like, yeah. no, this would never happen. Yeah, <laughs> I, ironically, like uh, for, if, it, if we were doing Russian Doctor Who, like the Dalek would pass as like advanced robot technology. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So I'm just I'm no particular order. I'm going to go through these. So first one, British TV show Sky One, 2016. Dogs Might Fly. Are you familiar Ooh, with this? No, I don't think I've heard of this. This was a... Uh, Sky is always a good start, though. Oh, absolutely. Um, Sky is an interesting channel because it's always been threatened to be... Is it Rupert Murdoch? Yeah. yeah. It is. Oh, it yeah. Is. yeah okay. That's, it's primo Murdoch. It's the yeah. most Murdochy channel, yeah. Um, you can now watch Dogs Might Fly also in, in in Germany as well and streaming here and stuff. It's it's pretty popular. Oh, it'll be on Now TV if it's because I think you have Now TV in Germany too, right? Or it's something similar. Or it's yeah. called. It's like the same. It's the same branding, but it has a different name. But it's definitely the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. everyone in Germany associates Sky with um, just Sky Sports. That's the only thing that's like uh, here right. from yeah, Sky. Yeah. Um, anyway, so here's the brief of the show: Can man's best friend be trained to fly a plane? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 19 brave men are trying to find out. Featuring some of the cutest, most adorable contributors ever seen in factual entertainment series, Dogs Might Fly is an extraordinary new series that will inform, entertain, and amaze as it sets out to see if a dog can actually fly a plane. Why don't they start with, can it drive a car? Or, like, why, why are we <laughs> going straight to Because we all know plane? they can do that. Yeah. <laughs> or, alternatively, it's like, don't be ridiculous. A dog could never drive a car. Yeah. It doesn't think in that kind of orthogonal plane. Flying a plane, however, that would be fine. <laughs> Management has heard your dogs might drive pitch, Milo, and they've said it's too pedestrian. We need to. <laughs> it's killed too many pedestrians. <laughs> it's up there with the Tesla self-driving program. Yeah, but um, image search results of this is just wonderful because it is legitimately dogs behind like the controls of a plane. Jesus Christ. So they I, 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 Okay, stop the episode. We should now watch this show <laughs> and we should do the entire episode about the show. <laughs> I am just getting started. Yeah. Um, so the whole point uh, was 
that there was obviously they're in the cockpit. They have like a co-pilot who can mm. take over if things go wrong. <laughs> you fucking hope so. <laughs> they're not just sending the dog up there, just being like, like we're gonna talk you down. Dogs Bark might- twice if you understand. Yeah. I, love, might- I love like the British version of like Bella and Strelka is like this. It's just like, well, we can't go to space, but let's just like. Yeah. Britain throw- has accidentally done nine eleven on itself after <laughs> after a golden retriever crashed a plane into the gherkin. <laughs> Tom's My Fly was actually known for creating the most 9-11s in the shortest period of time. <laughs> <laughs> 15 9-11s. Yes. I was um, trying to do Biden, but it went quite bush. <laughs> now you listen, let's put a dog in a plane. We're going to do 15 9-11s. It's going to be more 9-11s than ever before. Did that, Iraq? <laughs> yeah. Um... <clears throat> So the whole point was the dog, the but the trainer for the dog would be sitting behind him, mm, right? Giving okay. him cues to like, sorry, wait, it's wait, like wait, ghosts, wait, wait, wait. just like sat behind the dog, <laughs> just like hugging it from behind, like guiding it. I was like, wait, like, is this a regular dog trainer or is this a dog trainer that that has been specifically hired to train the dog how to fly a plane? Regular dog trainer, but for that dog specifically, like the dog is familiar with this trainer. Okay, that's so all it's not the, like it's not like the flight instructor. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, and the whole point at the end of it was each of these dogs would then get adopted by a family. Just but just like skip that first part. <laughs> and like, people are like, "Well, I want to adopt a dog, but the trouble is, none of the dogs you adopt from the shelter ever know how to fly a plane." <laughs> uh, all right. So that was the TV show number one. Um, Wow. I mean, I'd, if I was like the like co-pilot dog trainer, whatever, the, it, like I'd feel like a situation, if the dog farts, we're all dead. Like there's no, <laughs> like hurt Like you just, yeah, there's no, you never, you're never pulling back up from that. Yeah. All right. Then we get into um, an ABC 2007 TV show. ABC is Australian, Australian or American? American. American. Mm. Um, so, Nick, you might be familiar with the um, the advertising phenomenon that was the Geico Caveman. Oh, you're talking about the TV show that they also made for it, too? They made yes. a TV show of course for the I Geico know this. Caveman. All right. Wait, what's the Geico Caveman? So, the Geico Caveman, Geico is like a computer company, right? No, what Geico is an insurance company, oh, which right. makes it even weirder. Oh, yeah. So, the, the whole thing was applying for their insurance was so easy, a caveman could do it. That was exactly, the advertising yeah. campaign. Right, and thus, yeah. they had these people in these kind of like. I need cave insurance. Yeah, yeah. And they would have these guys like dressed up as kind of like comical stage cavemen, uh, like in modern reality. Mm, be yeah. like, Showing them getting insurance. Can a caveman fly a plane? Well, first of all, he's <laughs> going to need insurance. Um, then they made a TV show based around this ad in 2007, mm. starring Nick Kroll in an early role. Um, oh, right, yeah. As one of the from, cavemen. From Big Mouth. Yep. Um, and I believe originally filmed 13 episodes, cancelled halfway through. Crazy. Well, yeah. What did, did viewers not enjoy the caveman TV show? Oh, no, there was one very specific problem, which okay. is cavemen in modern society quickly became a insensitive and thinly veiled metaphor for black people. Uh oh. Yeah, including um, based on the word Cro-Magnum, the uh, in-universe slur. I don't feel comfortable saying it, but M A G G E R. <laughs> what? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. 
I mean, it's not. I feel like it's not close enough. You can't say it, but it's definitely it's uncomfortably close. It's isn't so it? uncomfortably. It, it definitely close. feels as One though fuck that fuck up the, in the, the recording double, software. <laughs> the double G E R is really doing a lot so, there. Wait, were the cavemen like calling each other this the whole time? In no, the they show? were like reclaiming it. <laughs> yeah, like a lot Without of people really enjoyed R. caveman rap, <laughs> but you had to be careful about singing along. So, from what I've seen and read of the TV show, they were called. Yeah, what's up, money and tolls? <laughs> they were called cavemen by wider society. That was the polite term. They preferred being called Cro Magnum themselves. And then the word that I just spelt out was a, a genuinely hurtful slur in the universe. Oh, it wasn't like them. okay. It wasn't. Yeah. There wasn't like a soft R version. This of is this. so. Why is I'm I'm so sorry for my. Uh, but there was also several illusions. I believe the first episode. Yeah, because the soft A version of it would just be MAGA. Like yeah. MAGA, like make America great again. Beautiful. I love all the cavemen. They're yeah. some of my biggest supporters. You know, they're very, very strong, very, very big guys, huge foreheads. You should see them hunting folks with a spear. You ever see, you ever see Hillary Clinton with a spear? No, you don't. <laughs> but the first episode, the pilot premise is is one of the cavemen is dating a non-cave woman and the um, the rest of the caveman gang insisting that he's she's only doing this to get his large caveman dick. Um, so, right, okay. And these were all white people as well, playing the cavemen that was a thinly veiled metaphor for black people. So right, all, okay. all terrible, just all the way down. I mean, were they, I mean, can I see the the costumes again? I mean, I can show. They you. weren't they weren't like blacked up or anything, right? It wasn't that? No, 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 no. Okay, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Some of them are. It's a little bit. I I was expecting the cavemen to look a bit whiter. Yeah, than they do. Yeah, that's a but little it's, bit. It, but even then, just the whole like zoom out a little bit, you know. Black people are like cavemen, right? That 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 premise even was also very dodgy. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So cast- I love I love how then like a um, you said that this is what two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now I'm confused of if, if it was trying to do the thing of like, oh, it's intentionally racist, or if it's trying to be like, oh, this is a a, a critique, but that doesn't really matter, I guess, because the first thing I'm confused of is that why would this be the natural like trajectory of a thing of yes okay if you're gonna make a tv show out of a commercial yep. from a an insurance company have it immediately go just being racist yeah 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 I, it's, it's very like the i'm sure we're gonna have many shows that will capture the british mind this is truly the american mind yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like, you know like i get to take you know my my my, my favorite characters from tv mm. these people that i see like every 30 yeah. seconds you know when i'm watching like you know the 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 mariners play the yankees or yep. whatever this I should say this advertising campaign was huge. It oh, won, I know, I know that it, it was won huge. several awards. The 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 actors from the commercials in their cavemen costumes got like courtside tickets to various baseball games. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Geico was also one of the largest like sponsors of just like everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're a huge company. Yeah. Well, it was when they were asking the big questions like, "What if black people could get insurance?" <laughs> in the medium of an ad campaign, that yeah. is a big. That was a big question at some point in America's history. Oh, right? a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. There was some fucking like Dixiecrat in the in the like 1920s who was like, well, uh, back when it was called Geico and Sons or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, third Geico. Yeah, um, oh, legally we cannot say the Geico has any affiliation with the third, right? Yeah, because now thinking back on it, like 2007, I'm trying to I'm trying to get my head around what the idea behind this was, and I, and I'm now beginning to see 
they started off, they were like, we're going to make a TV show about cavemen in modern society. But then they're like, obviously the cavemen are going to be like outsiders in some way. And then obviously like 2007 was probably like one of the high watermarks for like, I guess the popularity of like a certain kind of black culture amongst white people. I was just trying to think back to those years, like of a kind of like, yeah, pimp my ride type like that that particular fetishization of a well, certain me, kind me, of me and nick talk about how like the global recession killed crunk music and like towards the end of crunk music existing there was a lot of white people doing like that stuff that probably shouldn't have been yeah yeah, yeah and so yeah. then they're like oh and what what would be the cool way for them to talk and then they're like oh like black people obviously and this is somehow rattled through into like <laughs> it's gone from being a dumb idea to really racist like surprisingly <laughs> quickly all right, so next TV show I have, another American one, is um, from Spike TV in 2003. Okay. The Joe Schmo Show. I, I, Do you know I've this? heard of it. I w- I've never seen it. I don't even know what, I don't even know what it's like, what, what it looks about. like. Yeah. All right, so Joe Schmo Show was basically the idea of, there's only been three seasons of it, and each each series was like a take on a reality tv show format that was popular at the time the first season was just like a bunch of people in the house are in a house are doing challenges whoever wins the end gets like uh, i believe like 100k or something like that that right. format the whole thing about the show was everyone bar one guy was an actor um right okay yeah. so they're doing they're doing fucking truman show Basically. on this one guy okay yeah um the show is like the first season is the one anyone really remembers mainly because one of the actors is Christian Wig, uh, before right. she became famous. And the regular guy um, was a guy called Ralph Garman. Uh, mm. Oh, no, sorry, not. Ooh, let me see. Am I getting this right? Um, well, where did this air again? United States, Spike TV. Spike TV? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Spike TV was uh, television for men. As it was marketed. <laughs> television for men again. That just sounds like porn. It's like Babe Station. I mean, like it. Mm. It wasn't. It was mostly just like, uh, like, uh, um, I mean, cool shit like this. Clearly, yeah, and then yeah. like uh, Ultimate Warrior or whatever, or like the oh. or dead, Deadliest Warrior. Where you'd be like, what would happen if the uh, if like uh, what if Al Qaeda yeah. fought the Spetsnaz? <laughs> yeah, like that exactly. kind of yeah. Shit. yeah. So that was on Spike TV. Okay, nice. Yeah. So the target it was for cool dudes. <laughs> yeah. The target of season one was a guy called Matt Gould, um, and mm-hmm. he was just the thing was the series started with like look at this goober until mm. like they got feedback after a couple of episodes and like everyone was like I really like this guy and I want to see him do well, uh, and they saw I like, love this goober. I love the goober, mm. um, and like. It seems pretty sweet. Uh, I watched the final episode where it's like revealed to him that um, like this was all like a joke and you get to win the 100,000 for just being here the whole time, basically. Mm. Uh, You're our favorite goober. You're our favorite goober. Now you get to fly a plane. (laughs) (laughs) They did things like he would start to fancy a girl. So they started setting up like a love triangle between him, her and like the host of the show who she would just start making out with randomly. Uh, he had a foot phobia, which they constantly played on. Uh, wow, you can really tell what era this is from. The guy yeah. with a foot phobia. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Returning to the UK and some fucked vibes. Um, 2005, 
Oh, that's a good year. Oh, you that's may- a very good year. <laughs> you might notice that the vast majority of these are very close to the um, the writer's strike. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was a Channel 4 2005 TV show called Space Cadets. Oh, I've not heard of this. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Space Cadets was a TV series that got, I believe, uh, over 10 episodes that came out, I believe, every night for like a week and a bit. Um, got several people, all purposely selected for how gullible they are, to <laughs> believe... We've got we've got several of our finest goobers. Yeah. We've got some British goobers over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, all like I think the oldest person here is twenty eight. The youngest is nineteen, mm-hmm. um, and they're all told that they are going to go on a spacewalk. Basically, they're all going to be trained to go into space. <laughs> the more you tell me about this, the more it is ringing some kind of bell. <laughs> like, so an important thing to note about this kind of British reality TV in the 2000s was, I, I would say that this probably, this genre of British reality TV started in the very late 90s mm. um, when, you know, cocaine was being delivered to TV executives in London by the shipping container. And uh, there was this period, at, uh, I would say roughly up until the point where Caroline, uh, Caroline Flack killed herself, where you could just you could just do the Stanford prison experiment on British TV. You could just get gullible people from the home counties to get to go on TV and you could do anything to them. You could do like human vivisection on TV. I'm gonna stop you. All right. Yeah. One of the ten contestants is from Glasgow. Oh, okay. The rest yeah. of the home counties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, there would be a smattering of, you know, the north of England, yeah, Wales, regional, Scotland, and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But there would be that there's a strong as as you can see, like when you watch something like Love Island, there's a very strong like Essex and Kent contingent there. Yeah, yeah. So halfway through the show, because it was basically on every night for ten days straight. Yeah. Um a lot of complaints started coming in from people who just thought the whole thing was kind of cruel. Mm. Uh, that they tricked all these people because I think it was the episode where they'd convinced them that they were looking out onto space. It was just like, <laughs> but it was just TV screens. Like they, they well, were, they, and none of them had <laughs> noticed that they weren't weightless. <laughs> oh, I'm well excited to go to space. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose so much weight. Um, gonna weigh myself while I'm up there. The the and the show ends basically, or the last episode ends with them being told they're about to do the spacewalk. For only for the door to open and there to be a studio audience. Oh fuck! They should have done a whole bit where it's like, fuck, there's a problem with the ship. We're gonna do like a whole <laughs> Apollo thirteen thing, <laughs> like make them think they're like burning in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why didn't they like go the whole route of like that's always like the that that episode of Always Sunny where they try to like convince D that she's like gonna be like on a on like whatever, like the Conan O'Brien show or whatever. So they like mm. rent like a plane. They charter a plane just to fly in a circle for six hours. <laughs> like right. there's, there, there's so many other ways. I mean, yeah. How did they not get that they weren't in space? <laughs> there's going to be a lot of these. Um, mm. So reason I also thought uh, this would be a good episode is because Britonology recently did an episode about Peter Geddon, uh, the, oh, the, yeah. the Brass Eye special, and that was on like a lot of these lists that I found talking yeah. about that show. And I was like, it seems very pedestrian for me because I, I watched it before when I was younger and I just thought it was funny. But Yeah, uh, the Brass Eye was great. Brass Eye is brilliant. Um, but, okay, so TV show, a TV special cancelled halfway through airing. Halfway through airing, like one episode, halfway through, like thirty minutes in, they were like, "No." It was meant to be a special, 
So right. like it was a once off thing, but it was just like pulled from the air halfway through. Jesus. Yeah. So um, it is from 1992, the Nine Network in Australia, Australia's naughtiest home videos. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And this submission from Austria. Um, so this, so the general, yeah, there was a mix up between Austria and Australia, and they got all the Fritzel content <laughs> mailed in. God, the post on this is really expensive. Well, I guess. Um, <laughs> really chilling stuff. So it's worth pointing out that this is this is a format that has been attempted to be copied a couple of times because. There's various TV shows like You've Been Framed and America's Funniest Home Videos. Australia had their own version as well called Australia's Funniest Home Videos where they get a bunch of stuff sent to them. They're like, we can't air this. Like to yeah. the, the, the family-friendly show. Australia's Funniest Home Videos and half of them is like, that's just racism. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you shooting at people from the back of a ute? <laughs> it's so funny though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they try to do Australia's Naughtiest Home Videos um which was pulled from air halfway through airing because um by the channel owner who turned on the TV halfway through him having dinner to see what was on and basically called up the studio being like get this filth off the air and then the next day this he, filth yeah the next day he uh, banned the host uh, or like fired the host and banned him from the TV station for life Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, that is great. Like, it, it, it's interesting because I think like Australia on the global stage has this has this image as being a very like kind of like the, the freewheeling larrikin nation where like anything goes. But it's like surprisingly conservative. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I found that having spent a little bit of time there, shocking. Where like because interpersonally Australians, I would say, are more laid back than British people. But in terms of like media culture, like what you can get away with in like British TV and British media is like so much more. Yeah. All right. So what was it that like, what did the show even like show that was so offensive to the, to an Australian TV executive who I could imagine is an absolute monster. I think it was, <laughs> like what? Yeah. I think it was just naked people. Like I think, oh, it, yeah, okay. I think it was basically <laughs> like, that makes sense. my understanding of what a lot of the videos contents were, it was like exactly the same as like Australia, America's like you've been framed funniest tone video kind of shit. But like people in the background were nude. Or like people in the foreground were nude or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. So in Germany, it's just Deutschland's funniest home video. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> nude, of course. Yeah. Well, it's Christmas, of course we're nude. Um, all right. So I think a, a, a transatlantic partnership in spirit, but a 2014 Fox TV uh, mm. TV show. I want to marry Harry. Oh, but I was in Prince Harry. Yeah. Oh, Do right. you know about this? Or as they would call it, I want to marry Harry. <laughs> Um, so this was a TV show that hired a Prince Harry lookalike, who I've seen pictures of, and is uh, a guy called Matthew Hicks. Um, right. He does look like it, actually. I'm, I'm going to get the Google image search up. Um, to be an a... Crikey, I can't believe all these people want to marry me. To it's be- great to see you all here. Hi, hi, lovely to meet you. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, he, do- he does look like Prince Harry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So... I Want to Marry Harry um, did did this uh, um, basically bachelor, bachelorette style TV show, uh, but the whole thing is you might get to marry Prince Harry. Um, they claim... How do you get... I, sorry, this one to me is even crazier than the space one. How do you get people to believe in... What oh. was this, 2007, did you say? 2014. 
2014. What? That there's a TV show where at the end yeah. of it, you get to marry Prince Harry. Like that's ob- in America as well. Like that's obviously <laughs> not real. <laughs> so this is the thing that I find very interesting. So for legal reasons, the show for the longest time claims that they never told the women that it was actually Prince Harry. They were just like, this is a guy just called Harry. Um, uh. He's an English guy called Harry. Um, this is not true. If anyone who's watched every episode because they have like a butler character who is who is on camera saying um his sir is certainly the like uh prince harry uh, prince of wales whatever he, like in, mm. a, in a very fancy kind of, he's playing it up in a way that doesn't seem real but like would work in a disney film well yeah yeah what an american <laughs> thinks a posh guy british guy sounds like exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, what came out later though after filming had wrapped and very much resulted in its cancellation was that um revealed by several of the content contestants revealing this after the fact uh the show hired a fake therapist a therapist they told the contestants was a real qualified therapist who basically convinced (laughs) them christ convinced them to say you need to stop doubting that it's prince harry it is prince harry basically they're doing like they're doing like shutter island shit (laughs) like it's all in your head of course it's prince harry (laughs) of course it's the real prince harry yeah you need to get away from these delusions that it's just a ginger man. And then, all right, and here's here's a good compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. So CBS in the United States 2007 releases a TV show called Kid Nation. And right. <laughs> and the premise is under, like, on-camera, pretty well-shown supervision, they basically give this, like, Old West town setting to, like, like stage set to a bunch of kids and then give them the roles of like, you have to build a society. And it's like a bunch of games. This and rings a bell to me. Yeah, yeah. It's called Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and for people who know Kid Nation, even though it had a short run, it became like a bit of a cult classic because it was viewed by American audiences and I've seen clips of very wholesome fun of kids like mm-hmm. pretending to be like effectively trying to be chefs and shit like that and like, it's basically a whole TV show where you get to see a bunch of kids playing like. Except for that one kid who wanted to be Benito Mussolini. <laughs> Just accidentally created a kid fascist state, <laughs> and now we can't control them. They're armed. <laughs> They've already yeah. invaded Albania. Yeah, it's somehow yeah. then also just like repositioned itself into like just a, a regular Japanese show. They've put all the kids who like Digimon into a concentration camp. It's really fucked up. You think it would be Pokemon, but no, they're Yu-Gi-Oh supremacists. Yeah. Um, the reason this might be familiar for you is because in 2009, Channel 4 does a TV show called Boys and Girls Alone. Um, Uh, I'm not sure I like British TV making a show called that. And I still, I think, uh, holds the record for most, like, Ofcom complaints or whatever, like, as a TV show. There was attempts to, like, not air. I think it was only four episodes. There was attempts to, like, stop the airing of the fourth episode. Um, Wow. Yeah. What did these children do? So, the, the... one of the big distinctions, there's two major distinctions of uh, um, this TV show from the American counterpart, which is one, the American counterpart showed on camera the adult supervision that was actually happening. The, right, Ameri- right, right. the American TV show showed, like made a lot of efforts to show like, okay, they're not actually alone. Let's be real here. Yeah. Um, the kids not actually Benito Mussolini. <laughs> He's yeah. just playing pretend. No, it's just blanks in that gun. Yeah, yeah. The trains are. I mean, real. that one kid that they hanged, he did really die. We just we gave him the rope for like normal stuff, and then we didn't look. The guy was on break. 
Well, I didn't know they could put up a scaffold that quickly. I mean, they're fucking nine years old. Um, whereas, like, the, t- the, the production company, uh, which is Love Productions, um, the, mm. the, the, the people who did um, Big Fat Gypsy Wedding and basically set back, like, traveler rights in the UK, like, 20 years. I'm sorry, what, what yeah. show? Oh, My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not bad. It's a reality it's TV good. show about, like, yeah, gypsy and traveler weddings. And it's, um, a, it's yeah. And I, 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 I did graphic design back in the day for like various traveler rights organizations. And there would always be like a section of the prospectus of like, yeah, this has stopped us from all talking to the media ever. Um, mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Uh, anyway, so Boys and Girls Alone, basically, insi- the, the production company insists there was staff taking care of things, but they were always like out of shot. So people watching it really did make it feel like they were alone. Um, trailers included like really vicious bu- bullying by like the kids, including like fist fights and stuff that had occurred. Um, yeah, there was the one kid who was Benito Mussolini. <laughs> yeah. They thought that was a bit yeah. crass. Um, yeah, yeah, um, the other big yeah, well, no, it's Britain, so there'd be like one kid who's like Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> the big uh, when the kids had the night at their their uh, their uh, night at the Long Knives. Yeah, yeah. That, was, yeah that, was, that was too much for British television. The big other big like distinction between the American counterpart is they separated the boys and the girls. They each got their own town um, in somewhere in Hartford. Oh, so it's like the Barbie movie. We're, yeah. f- we're finally going to settle who's better. Yeah. And um, there was also problems of them uh, smoking cigarettes. Uh, Wait, cool. what? Yeah, these 20 children who were all, like, between the ages Just of, people like, watching this in Europe being like, of course the children are smoking <laughs> cigarettes, but when are we going to get to where they do the adult shit? Nine, yeah, age 9 to 11. There was also footage of, like, because they had to cook for themselves, they had the inability to do that and often would end up eating, like, moldy or gone-off food or, like, expired in some way. Right, yeah. Yeah, so you can understand why at a certain point everyone was like, this show needs to fucking stop. Um, okay, so... Moving on, we get okay another American TV show that I enjoyed, Discovery Channel 2014. It's a special, Eaten Alive. Do you have any familiar with this? Familiarity. <laughs> that sounds, sounds like sounds like that one room at Bergheim. <laughs> yeah. um, Eaten Alive was this one guy traveling into the uh, uh, Amazon, basically saying like the whole premise of the show was he wants to like draw attention to the deforestation. Mm. of the um, Amazon. But basically what he said was going to happen was he was going to get eaten by a, a, a boa constrictor. Um, or like the largest anaconda in the Amazon, Amazon he was going to like feed himself to. Um, right. Yeah. While wearing like a special armored suit. Uh, and he was like covered in pig's blood. The show became... <laughs> So that he wasn't halal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 so that then the French would watch the show as well too. <laughs> yeah, there. The, this the snake is actually very Islamophobic. <laughs> so the the problem with the TV show came from both ends, which is basically like mm. uh, animal rights people being like, "This is cruel and unusual and stupid." I don't really see. It's how certainly it. unusual. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really defend that shot. I don't really see how it's connected to we should not deforest the Amazon uh, as like a message. <laughs> this guy has a vor fetish. <laughs> the second problem was the most of the show they could they end up not being able to find an anaconda in the wild, and at the right. end of it they had to resort to a uh, anaconda that they had from in captivity 
and they just bring it to a certain point in the Amazon and like throw it onto him. Um, and he doesn't end up getting eaten by it because after a while, the anaconda is restricting him so much, his arm starts to break. So he had, he had to tap out and basically everyone came in to like get the anaconda off of him. Um, I love how it like... He's like wearing like a medieval suit of armor. He is! Covered he in is. blood. Okay, can we see the picture? I, I need, I'll get that. But I was like, so what starts off as like just, I mean, already ridiculous show turns into like an MMA fight between a man in an armor suit and a fucking anaconda and the anaconda like easily wins. Yeah, they had to, they had to get a Chechen guy to get the anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He had to do a flying arm bar. On yeah. the so there's a lot of promotional images. This is the only one I could find of the suit. Oh, wow. He he looks like a combination of like a guy in a kendo suit and like one of the guys from Tron. Yeah. He looks like... Um he looks like the per- like the, the the supervisor at like a themed uh, laser tag arena, I think is kind of yeah, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, ye olde laser tag. <laughs> ye olde Japanese shogunate laser tag. Okay, right. Yeah. So people were disappointed in the show at, at, like at both ends of like, you didn't actually get eaten by the snake. And then there was the other half. In this who fucking were like, snake one, I put so much money on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, here we go for a classic UK 2004 Channel 4 Shattered. Right. Are you familiar at all with Shattered? Something there's something familiar about that name but I'm, I can't bring it to mind. 2004 though, again, we're in peak British cocaine era yeah, TV, yeah. 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 It's, I think it's worth pointing out that like most of the shows in the UK I have uh, mentioned so far were all produced by Endemol or an Endemol subsidiary. Yeah, Endemol famously of course made Big Brother, which was like yeah, uh, the, yeah, primo what if, what if you tortured some stupid people. Technically, technically a Dutch company, but they were very much unchained in like the UK, like Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so shattered was. <laughs> what if we trick people into being racist? <laughs> shattered was a seven-day consecutive night TV show that got, I believe, ooh, how many contestants? Oh, I can't. Oh, hang on, here it is. Ten contestants to try go seven consecutive nights without sleep. Oh, it's the Soviet sleep experiment. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to make a creepy pasta real. Yeah, basically. Um, there was prize money, uh, uh, £100,000, but any time any contestant closed their eyes for longer than 10 seconds, £1,000 would be deducted. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. Um, so, okay. There was various things that they put them through to try to get them to sleep, such as a um, there was a very early early thing was a facial treatment, like a, a face mask kind of thing, which forces you to close your eyes. Uh, they were all given giant cuddly teddy bears. Uh, <laughs> they, they released a bunch of sheep into the enclosure and told them to count them. They had to listen to a bedtime story through uh, speakers. Everyone, every <laughs> single one of them was given a glass of hot milk. So this is like just yeah. I mean, like what if what if Guantanamo Bay, but yeah. like for the British viewing public. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just started roofing them. <laughs> uh, they had to watch paint dry. They did have to count sheep on a television. Okay, yeah. So they got right. footage of sheep. Uh, they had to listen to a lecture on triangles. Um, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the last challenge, the seventh night, when there was only three contestants left, the, it was you, like, If you'd not slept for like six nights by this point, you, 
I, I just don't think it's humanly possible to not sleep for six nights in a row, surely. We will get into that. Okay. So what happened the last night, the last challenge for the final three was, it was like a sudden death who could last the longest. They were all put face, to, like, face up in uh, really comfy beds uh, with the lights off, with like night vision cameras all watching to make sure they hadn't actually fallen asleep. The winner, oh, the winner was a one Claire S mm-hmm. who uh, won by strategically giving herself foot cramps to stay awake. Yeah, just to prevent herself from falling. Deranged. Yeah, Do you this is to- when they discover like this woman has this like rare neurological <laughs> condition that was previously only discovered in like Nazi fighter pilots. Yeah. <laughs> like she also when that final competition of all three of them in like their own individual beds, they didn't tell each other. They didn't tell them when another person when another person was knocked out. So mm. she stayed awake for a full two hours after the person who came second, basically fell asleep. Oh my god! Yeah. So, do you want to hear some of the things that happened to these people? Okay. Yeah. On the view, on the the course of the TV show, um, one of them began put painting the walls with blood and said, <laughs> "I have seen hell." So <laughs> the winner, Claire, uh, began telling fabricated stories of when she was arm wrestling Irish boxy Joey Rooney. Um, Dean, one of the contestants, nearly suffered a fall as he started to succumb to sleep while still standing. Uh, Dean and Jonathan had a break where they were convinced that their clothes had been stolen, even though they were wearing them. Okay, yeah, normal. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, another contestant, became irrationally angry when the others refused to put on their Japanese armor and play with an imaginary ball. Oh, yeah, they're going to let the anaconda in here any minute. We've got to be prepared. I was about to say, yeah, wrong show. (laughs) And this one I thought you'd particularly enjoy. One of the contestants, Chris, who, how long did Chris last? Oh, man. He was the runner-up, actually. He made it the whole way to the end. You'd be pissed off if you made it. Like. <laughs> you were a runner-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Chris believed himself to be the Prime Minister of Australia. And also, <laughs> then he actually was. <laughs> and also thought that he was on the set of post, uh, popular Australian soap, Neighbours. Amazing. As, yeah. you know, the Australian Prime Minister does do. Yeah. Also weirdly shown on Channel 4. I, uh, I watched this... And like Chris is from somewhere in England, he's not Australian. But then yeah. at a certain point through the contest, he just breaks and just has an Australian accent. And whenever he's like consulted on something, he does kind of like weird politician speak and goes like, well, "As you all know, I'm Prime Minister of Australia." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like he opens every sentence. I would say it's a country of a fair guy. <laughs> you give a go, you get a go. Yeah, you know. He began telling everyone about his Holden Ute. (laughs) V8, 300 horsepower. She's a beauty. Okay. 2004, the WB Superstar USA. So Superstar USA was a take on American Idol where they were specifically looking for the worst singers. And (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. It's like the early rounds of the X Factor. Yes. Uh, but they went all the way through thinking that they were good singers, basically, uh, and being right, told right, they right. were good singers. Um, and if anyone's familiar with the format of like American Idol, where at a certain point you start being put in front of an audience, mm. to get the audience to not spoil what was happening here, they told the audience that all the contestants were Make-A-Wish Foundation <laughs> people. <laughs> okay, this is twisted. <laughs> yes. I respect this. Yeah. I, I like that, like, everyone involved is being deceived in some way, but they all believe different things. This yeah. is like, 
Yeah, this is the, like the, the, sort of the balancing <laughs> plates of like yeah. various lies. This is like some master and margarita <laughs> shit. Like the, the devil has come to America. Okay. Fox TV 2000, a one-time special. Who wants to marry a multimillionaire? Right. Like Fox US? Yep. Okay. And this is a um, one-off kind of like pageant. Like a multimillionaire? Yeah. It's not like that much money. It not not a single million. It was 2000. <laughs> a polycule of millionaires. Who uh, wants this penthouse at the top of the World Trade Center? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, so this was a pageant. It was done kind of like, you know, a Miss USA style show amongst like several female contestants all fighting to marry a guy who was um, in a box, but like silhouetted, like lit up. You could see like his outline and he would talk uh, okay. and give like yeah. opinions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like he was like a witness in a mob case. <laughs> <laughs> Voice of an actor. Um, yeah. The guy was called Rick Rockwell. And he was a multimillionaire. <laughs> His name was real namely. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Right. And then what happens is he's revealed after it's been eliminated down to like three women. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes up to one of them, picks them and just makes out with them. And then they're married on the spot. Right. And there was a lot of complaints with the show to begin with. But oh boy, was there more. Um, so it turns out Rick Rockwell doesn't exist. Um, and oh, like the okay. show didn't know this. This one man had conned the people at Fox into thinking he was a multimillionaire. Amazing. His name is uh, Dar. He made a beautiful deal. <laughs> His real name was Darver Conger. Um, he was like, I, I, I can't pause that. That was Dar- annoying. <laughs> Darver. First what? name Darva. What Darva? Spell how? D A R V A. Darva. 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 Darva and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Last name Conger. Like Kong, like an C- eel. C O N G E R. What? Right. Yeah, that's that's also. Wait, how does this man have two fake names? <laughs> <laughs> how many layers to this fucking Russian Wait, doll? I thought there. Rick Rockwell was the fake name, but yeah. this is more real than his real name. Yeah, what's your real name? Dava uh, Conga. <laughs> um, I hardly know her, and so on and so forth. So yeah, it was then revealed that like he wasn't a multimillionaire. He didn't exist as a real person. He had conned. He the couldn't even show. afford a real name. No, he was a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Um, oh. Like she, the woman who was picked, sued the show, got an annulment. Uh, he later went on to like try do stand up, and, <laughs> and and weirdly, he was one of the richest guys on the open mic circuit. And um, he also lent his voice acting abilities to a bunch of air, um, airplane simulator games. <laughs> Yeah, he was instrumental in teaching some British dogs how to fly a plane. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we get into some European stuff, which first I couldn't find the name of the show for the life of me. Life, life of me. But there was a Dutch TV show that they made a German version of that was basically a dating show where they got a... Who wants to date? <laughs> Never mind. So it's... Who, who wants to date the Hund Pilot? So it was really fucked. So basically what they did was they got like one guy, sat mm. him in front of a police sketch artist. <laughs> they all had to beat. <laughs> they asked him to like describe his ideal woman. The police sketch artist would then draw the woman, 
hang it up in various. I know this. Yes, this show. you know this show. Yes. Yes. Then okay. they would hang it up in various train stations and public places around the country, asking, "Do you look like this?" And then it would just end like the the final. Ein weird man. And then it would end with like him. The one guy being surrounded by like ten women who all look va- like unsettlingly similar to each other, and he would have to pick which one he liked the best. Oh yeah, I love them. Yeah. Like this, all like like what starts as like a cute dating show ends up in like a weird like Mengala ass fucking like. They would do this format per episode. Yeah, no, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, you all have perfect genetics. Welcome. <laughs> What, what if he's like, no, I want a full harem of every woman in Holland who looks like this. <laughs> like, I've, I've dug out a basement, especially. Yeah, yeah, they're just, I think you should leave Sketch. I thought it'd be cool to have a second girlfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, other European stuff, we get the Swedish TV show Conspiracy 58. Um, right. Which is a documentary that claims that the World Cup in Sweden... Um, where Sweden loses to Brazil, uh, like with on a team with a young Pele, mm. um, getting them their first World Cup. That World Cup never happened. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. interesting. Let them cook, right? So the TV show is interesting because basically it makes this very convincing case and like talks with this huge community of people who exist, being like, mm. I never, I never saw this. There's no video footage. They show video footage of the actual World Cup, which is in black and white. And there's like, there's buildings in the background that that's clearly the LA skyline. That's not like the Malmo skyline or whatever the fuck. Mm. And they're like the sun, the shadow angles are all wrong and stuff. It's all very convincing. And then it reveals the end. Like, actually, no, we made all of that up to show you how easy it is to like make a conv- like a convincing conspiracy. Um, where they had like doctored all the shadows on the photos and like all the interviews were with actors and the websites were made up, the books were made up. Um, the news reports they had from like, they got from like the archive footage of Swedish television were also all like filmed and like made fake and stuff. But the, mm. whole, the whole point of the documentary was like, here's how easily we could... And this like, is now one of like the third largest political positions in Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, so this anyway, is, you heard about these yeah. vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> so this is still actually widely believed. <laughs> this is the one thing we didn't want to happen speaking actually speaking of the like adverse- i love the idea of just not watching the whole program just watching the first half and being like guess that world cup didn't happen time to not watch the next 30 minutes of the documentary yeah, especially in something that then that you're like so passionate about now that you're like oh yeah like i'm i'm i'm, I'm intrigued i'm gonna keep watching but you're just like so hope that's i'm good already convinced that. i don't need to watch any further. okay so the thing is you, j- you joke, but they only reveal it's not real in, like, the credits. When the credits are rolling, they just, like, there's what? a time. So it's, it's like a Marvel movie where you get, like, a little extra thing at the end. But yeah, the people are, like, uh, in Sweden, they don't have a culture of clapping after the movie and waiting for the entire thing to it end. It doesn't get, there isn't, like, a bit, like, ten minutes from the end is, like, false. We made it up. <laughs> we made it Untrue. <laughs> Played by an actor. Speaking of, like, weird adverse effects with the, like, um, with the audience, the space cadets one that we talked right, about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone thought actually because they were like, we're we're pulling the greatest prank in British television history, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Everyone watching it up until the very end thought that they that they were actually the subject of the prank. Right. There was like conspiracies and stuff online or in like whatever, like the internet or like written in letters that like, oh no, wait, they're actually sending these people to space. 
and the prank is being pulled on us, the audience. Yeah. Mm. You know, the real problem yeah, is Yeah, they that actually sent that studio audience into space. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great meta prank. I'm just like, you know, the spaceship door crashes open, they see there's a studio audience, and then they're like, they're like, oh, fuck, we've been pranked. And the studio audience is like, yeah, you got pranked. And then they go and open a door in the studio wall, and they're all sucked out into the vacuum of <laughs> space. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the real problem in all of this is that then, you know, a, a culture dominated by Marvel means that you have to, you you expect at the end that Nick Fury will just, you know, appear in the movie for no reason yeah. and, you know, tell you the truth about Sweden or mm. about that you're not going to space whatever the fucking lunatic uh, 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 premise of these shows has been. So, all right, I'm going to try to get through the, the remainder of these relatively quickly. So, we've got British TV show. Mm-hmm. Honey, we're killing the kids. Oh, that was where they, like, it was like kids who were really fat, and then they put all the things they eat in a week out in front of them, and then they were like shaming the parents. Was that yeah. it? Yeah. And then they would do these, like, CGI mock ups of what the kids would look like when they're Fucking older. Jacked. Yes, I watched yeah. this on TV at the time. <laughs> yeah. What year was this? Oh, Honey, we're killing the kids was definitely 2000s. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have been older than like fifteen for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I re- like I re- I remember hearing about it because like Darrow Breen did a stand up bit about it. Um, because one of the common things what? they did was showing them that like they'd become bald, and then like they would do it then a follow up CGI uh, um, mock up of like after they'd made changes, like mm. here's what your kid's gonna look like now, and they're no yeah. longer bald, and he's like, <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> so fat, my scalp grew over my head. Yeah, and um, there were so many shows in Britain back in the day in that era specifically that were either like uh, you're fat or you're poor or you're poor and fat. <laughs> yeah, so. 2007 BBC Three. Um, okay, yeah. The format was also exported to several countries. To Honey, We're Killing the Kids, being in the United States and New Zealand. Honey, We're Killing the Kids. Watumi Nazie Dziech, Poland. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my God! And if if you want to read the Russian title for this, by all means. Um, okay, right. The Russian title. My dear, we're losing our children. <laughs> That's so classic that they're like, the Russian audience wouldn't stand for even joking that we're killing the kids. It's so funny that like the, the Russian public is so like on the whole, just like bloodthirsty, but then like they, they're all like, they're, they're, it's kind of like Hitler. They're like, they're like, oh, but children are the future. We love them so much. <laughs> it's just like so funny, like the contrast between like the political valence about anything else. And then when it, whenever anything involved children, they were like, we must save the children. They are, they are our future. All right. So I've got two BBC... Uh, April Fool's things mm. that went slightly awry. Um, I guess I have three, but one of them's Halloween and not April Fool's. So April 1st, 1957, the BBC releases a documentary from supposedly... Spaghetti growing on trees? The spaghetti yes. tree. Yeah, yeah. Showing a Swiss family uh, plucking spaghetti from the spaghetti tree. As, as, as the Swiss do. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As, accordingly, the BBC received lots of letters asking how they could grow their own spaghetti tree. Uh, to which they would usually respond, take a sprig of spaghetti, plant it into tomato sauce, and bury it. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. Um, <laughs> the old Italian way. So then you have 1977's BBC uh, April Fool's plot, which goes terribly awry, uh, because it's called... The, the Al- Queen is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Alternative 3. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, production and thus airing is delayed by three months. So mm-hmm. it doesn't come out in May, uh, uh, or it doesn't come out in April 1st. 
Um, you can't do that. <laughs> you have to then just air it the next year. You can't do an April Fool's prank on another day of the year. Yeah, because this one was infinitely more harrowing and concerning. Oh, okay. Because the alternative three was a documentary. We have released Jimmy Savile into your children's <laughs> school. Yeah. Alternative three was this documentary that basically was an expose that the world's best and brightest were all being kidnapped and sent to Mars because the various governments of the Earth have decided the whole planet is fucked due to global warming. Um, so we're starting again on Mars. Um, and right. the, the problem became... A very young Elon Musk there. Yeah, yeah. Problem became that they use, like, real newscasters at time to, like, present the documentary and, like, do the, like, on-the-street recording footage. They right, showed, yeah, like, yeah. pretty distressing and well-acted footage of, like, a guy being kidnapped and, like, trying to resist it and stuff like that. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> and thus, and the big problem, they the didn't British public will believe anything Angela Rippon tells them. <laughs> they didn't air it on April first, so everyone right, was yeah. like, "Oh, this is real." Oh shit! Emergency broadcast system. Yeah, and again, like the conspiracy fifty eight thing, there are people who still believe this is real today. Well, yeah, Elon Musk. Yeah, what well, we've all gone to Mars, <laughs> or that some people have the the chosen few or whatever. Oh, the rapture. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right, so. Surprisingly few entries on this list from this particular country, but I want to talk about Susanu Denpa Shonen. Um, Is this the Danish TV show about the man with the huge dick? No, that's John Tillerman, and that's not on the list because that's a wholesome, <laughs> great TV show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Susanu Denpa Shonen is a Japanese TV show. Okay. Um, no, uh, and infamous for one guy called Hamatsu Tunaki. So basically, the TV show was taking a bunch of up and young, like upstart comedians in Japan, and putting them through like ridiculous situations. And this was on TV for a while. What's the deal? Yep. Yeah. Uh, this was on TV for a while, but the government shut it down for like too much like abuse. Uh, uh huh. But then it came back as a web series. The Japanese government was like, "This TV show is too weird. That's worrying." <laughs> <laughs> it came back as a web series in two thousand and nine. Uh, where it could not basically be governed by the Japanese, like, uh, um, you know, regulatory bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and focuses on and one series that got it, like, everyone basically turned against the series when this, like, competition happened, where one comedian, Hamitsu Tunaki, uh, who would later be called Nasubi, was mm-hmm. put into a room um, naked for... As long as it took for him to win $100,000 or 1 million yen via mail-in and call-in sweepstakes prizes. And the only thing that he could like... Subs- and he wasn't allowed to close his eyes for more than 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing that he could like live off of was things he also won in sweepstakes prizes, like mail-in and like shit like that. So like, there's like one particularly tragic moment where he wins like a kilogram bag of rice only to realize he has nothing to cook it with. Oh, <laughs> could he win some clothes? Was that an option? No, he had to be naked. And the reason right. he's called Nasubi is that is the Japanese word for eggplant, which was the superimposed image over his dick uh, right, okay. that was used. Um, any food uh, like they had to eat also had to be one. He at one point won and ate dog food uh, to survive. <laughs> he was in the he was in the room for three hundred and thirty five days. In total. Oh my god. This this must have done this man irrevocable psychological damage. It did, because one oh. of the things they didn't tell him was that the entire time he knew that he was being filmed the entire time, but he thought there was just going to be like, you know, a one hour compilation special at the end. He did not know he was being live streamed the entire time. 
Um, so like everyone saw everything live as oh. was happening with like the slight delay to Photoshop in the eggplant. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think he sued them after the fact uh, for like the damage the damage done to him. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty horrific. Although it's very funny watching compilations of the whole thing because you can see like the room slowly fill with like naff that he's won. Like at like certain points, he's just got like three globes. Because <laughs> that's a total like write-in prize. Like it's it's so funny that if you actually just devote your time to mail-in prizes, you can actually win a hundred thousand dollars worth of mail-in prizes in slightly less than a year. So actually, it's it's pretty well paid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the room is grim. It was just like one table with like he all he got was like a table in the center of a room with a phone, uh, paper, and a pencil, and the, that was it. Um, it was pretty grim. Right. All right. Fox 2002, The Chamber. So, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Contestants were put into a like mechanical mechanic, mechanical box called The Chamber and had to answer questions. The box could go from as high as 66 degrees centigrade to minus 29 degrees centigrade. The box could also administer electrical shocks to oxygen deprivation. Why do I like kind of is remember.com armory? What is going yeah. on there? <laughs> Uh, it could also simulate 9.0 Richter scale earthquake simulations inside the box. Right. Um, the original host uh, walked off during a test filming when he saw the like chamber in action. Uh, and so they got a new host for the TV show. They filmed six episodes in total and canceled after three. Uh, one contestant got stuck inside while the heating effects couldn't be stopped. Um, <laughs> well, so they had to just like get the fucking fire brigade to get him out or Basically, something. Basically, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And one contestant got hypothermia uh, and sued and won in court. So yeah, oh my God. you can see footage of these guys coming out of the box and like they're covered in ice. Uh, um, like ice has formed over them and stuff like that. Um, it and was. They're not wearing like warm clothes. They're just wearing like normal clothes. Uh, yeah. Like I, it was. There was like a kind of like weird sports uniform they all had to wear. Like it was just like a you know, like a tank top and shorts kind of thing. Like you're about to do some like jogging or whatever. Like and then it could day. be minus 29. Yeah, or 66 plus. Because actually, weirdly, like 66 is like fine. That's just like a sauna. Like that would be like if you're wearing like shorts, that's kind of like, I mean, people they, they, sit in that for, for fun. From the footage I saw, yeah. they minus were... 29. That's not good. That's real bad. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was bad. Everyone hated it. Uh, and people basically, reviewers at the time basically said, uh, I'm pretty sure people are watching this because they expect someone to die, like on on live television. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. ABC's Welcome to the Neighborhood. Right. Um, several families compete for a house in a gated community. Uh, every family competing for the house is a uh, ethnic or sexual minority. Uh, and <laughs> sexual. Minority. Of course. Yeah. I, was just about to ask I know what you mean, but that's just such a funny way of phrasing it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm into some weird shit. <laughs> Um, and like everyone else in the neighborhood who has to judge the various families and like determine whether they get the house are like openly racist and homophobic. <laughs> oh, oh! So we've we've just made like a TV show out of redlining. Yes, uh, awesome. The show was canceled uh, because everyone hated it. Um, people hated the fact that like conservatives, like conservative viewpoints like this, were being normalized. People hated it. Like conservatives hated it because they didn't like being depicted this way. Uh, it was against the Fair Housing Act was also another big issue. Um, oh. the, the gay couple eventually win the house. <clears throat> and one of the people who said at the beginning, oh, I would not tolerate a gay couple, uh, sold the house and left. 
like in the wow. <laughs> like sold his house and well, left the neighborhood. <laughs> the neighbors were quoted as saying, "Well, at least they're white." Yeah, um, and they can't reproduce. Okay, so this was, I believe, on American and British television, The Swan. Um, this was the. Um, oh, I know this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. excessive like plastic surgery remake, uh, like remodeling show of a person. Um, so they would like contestants would come in talking about like depression, problems with their marriage, and like plastic surgery. Plastic surgery is the fucking answer, then, baby. Yeah, hell so, yeah, that's right. All former swans are now divorced. Um, so people suffered from like would get like drastic plastic surgery supposedly the production staff lied to them and said like, oh, you're just going to get a tummy tuck, but then like got completely different faces and boob jobs and stuff. Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's got to be so illegal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yes. So, it, yes. It was very illegal. Well, like it's the whole thing of America of like you mm. sign like this contract beforehand, like uh, very little is illegal kind of shit. But like, um, a lot of the contestants all basically suffered from depression, body dysmorphia, and agoraphobia because they just didn't want to leave the house after this happened. Uh, one contestant was famous for, like, you know, seeing herself in the mirror at the end, kind of crying, and then going backstage and just started yelling, I want my face back. Um, hmm. So, yeah, uh, that was a vile show, and it's constantly, constantly being, like, suggested for being, you know, brought back and renewed. Um, despite That like, is insane. Yeah. And it, but this is so. I mean, I know that in Britain that would have been a hundred percent illegal because you can't, you can't like contract people out of like medical negligence or like there's. I don't. I don't know what how the law works in the US, but like there's a. You can make people sign whatever you want in the UK, but if like it's obviously dodgy, you can't. It doesn't. Yeah, same thing. Like, Germany's the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. like your rental contract, you can't write whatever you want. Like it still has to like follow German law. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like because like various employers will try and get you to like contract out of your statutory employee rights, or like yeah. make you sign NDAs where it's like you can't disclose to the police if we're committing crimes in the workplace. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, unsurprisingly, you can't contract out of people telling the police you're committing crimes. So I'm skipping a couple, but the last one I wanted to talk about, which is a big one, which is our classic over there at Endemol, um, mm. but this is the Dutch Channel now. Um, so there big was, yeah. In um in the Netherlands, there was a TV station started by a one Bart de Graaf, who mm. was as a kid got into where the fuck is Bart de Graaf? <laughs> Bart de Graaf. Bart de Graaf got into look at this a, Bart de Graaf. He got into a car accident when he was very young, which resulted in a, a kidney hormonal issue. Oh, what? Basically, ended up that he looked like a kid for the rest of his life. Okay. Um, and thus would then use it to do like kind of prank shows and like, isn't it? Mm. Like he would do things that would just be like funny for kids to do, like knowing that he's like a full grown adult. And he starts his own uh, TV show or TV channel called BNN, uh, Bart's News Network, which later gets renamed after he passes away to Bart's Never Ending Network. Um, right. After his death, they the TV station announces a TV show called The Great Donor Show. Uh, And this makes the news around the world because the whole idea is um, one terminally ill woman is Mm -hmm. going to decide uh, from three contestants who need kidneys who's going to get her kidneys. This is this is peak endemol. This is (laughs) twisted. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, 
it generates huge news reports. The 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 uh, prime minister at the time has to like make statements. Like Fox is talking about it, Sky News is talking about it. Like this whole like has reality TV show gone like reality TV gone too far. Um, it's very funny to be asking that point at which a terminal woman is deciding on live TV who gets her kidney. Yeah. So the show kind of like is just a special and it mostly talks about like why they're doing this. They talk about Bart's life. They talk about his struggle with his eventual kidney failure that mm. results in him dying, I believe the age of like 40 something. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they talk about this, they talk about how many people are not on the donor network in the Netherlands. And then they kind of like finally cut to after like giving the puff pieces of the three people who want the kidneys and the person who is dying. She does one elimination uh, to one of the people saying like, you've lived a pretty good life. You're, you're a bit older than everyone else. You're quite well off. I, I'm sorry, I have to eliminate you. And mm. the woman's like, it's okay. I understand. Like I was expecting this. And then before she can pick from the last two, the host comes in and goes like, yeah, this was all fake. Um, the woman who is terminally ill is not terminally ill. She is an actress. Um, but then they reveal that everything you've heard about the three people who want kidneys is real. They want kidneys. They've been on the waiting list for like five to 10 years. And the show then results in like, I think something like 200,000 people all signing up to be organ donors after the fact and stuff like that. So yeah, it ended up just being like a weird prank. This is the this is like pure Dutch energy. <laughs> I remember once making a joke on the podcast where uh, it like it's like a Dutch man saying, uh, "I've just been watching some child pornography, not pornography of children, which would be disgusting. Pornography for children, which is educational." <laughs> and I think and I think that sums up like the Dutch because it's like weird. It's like this weird kind of like. The, the ultimate goal of the show is to get people to sign up to the organ donor register. And yeah. somehow, despite the fact that the show they made was fucking twisted, <laughs> it worked because the Dutch are so weird. So if you're kind of, if you're judging it purely on like outcomes, yeah. it's like fine. But then the actual method of how they got there is so utterly perverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then like in, in, I think like 2018 or something, Netherlands switched to like an automatic opt-in so like as soon as you turn 18 you're automatically an organ donor. Oh, yeah we so got that in the UK yeah, yeah. Well, yeah so yeah that was my collection of fucked tv shows that I found thank you for for, for doing the research for that Kieran no problem mm. there's some I left off but uh, we can talk about them when we get some food <laughs> yeah absolutely that, that's the part you don't get yeah. to hear yeah. as <laughs> when we go to a Bosnian restaurant hell yeah and with that I will say catch you on the bonus feed yeah Mm. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.